Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. And welcome to the Doctor's Companion, episode sixty-two. I'm Scott Corelli, and I'm uh, slowly recovering, Matt Smith, uh, but not that Matt Smith. We're talking about the War Games, where the first half of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so big, it takes two sessions, ten uh, episodes, ten a ten-part story. That's a lot. Yeah, and a lot to say about it. Before we talk about it, though. I want to remind everybody that we're from the website GeekShowEntertainment.com where we like geeky stuff and occasionally we talk about geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion as well as Movie Night at Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, Queen Witch, A Couple of Geeks, uh, Geek Show Soundcheck, and Super Geeks. And you can listen to all those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes, articles, and audio blogs that we regularly post on the site. And if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review. iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. All right, what's um I mean seems pretty obvious uh and and um, maybe 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 we might even should possibly hold this off till next week um just because we were not going to have any next week otherwise. Uh but, you know, what the hell? Uh what's what's the background and significance for the War Games? Uh well, the War Games is the final Patrick Trotton story. Um I don't want to go into all of it here. I actually do know what I'm going to say for next week. Uh, but um, uh, the, the first things I'll just say real quick about it, uh, it's the final Patrick Troughton story. It's a big turning point for the show. Um, uh, why, I'll say next week, uh, besides just the fact that pa- Patrick Troughton is leaving. But um, it's written by Terrence Dix and Malcolm Hulk. Malcolm Hulk, who I especially want to point on uh, because I'm going to be talking a lot about structure later, and Malcolm Hulk kind of gets it. Uh, and Terrence Dix and Malcolm Hulk are both like really good writers. Terrence Dix uh, was the... Uh, script editor for all of Pertwee's era, uh, except for no, all of all of Pertwee uh, and Malcolm Hulk was a writer starting at the beginning, towards the end of the first season of Troughton, and then you know touching a couple stories every every couple of years or so, all through all through Pertwee's run uh, and a couple of Troughton too. Um, it's also directed by David Maloney, who is an incredible, legendary Doctor Who director who also directed um, the Deadly Assassin and the Talons of Wang Chiang and Genesis of the Daleks. So, like, he was one of those big, big, big names who, um, if you know Classic Who, you just can't escape, and he's really good here. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, the War Games, it is, it is some kind of incredible, because, um, this is the third time I've seen it, and I'm still in awe with how much they got away with, uh, just in terms of it being ten parts long, and never really boring. 
um, just that's insane. Yes, you're totally right. Yes. Well, why we'll talk about um, as we go because through. every episode is completely different than the last, <laughs> and the scope just keeps getting bigger. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to ask real quick, just because you had seen it before. Uh, and you had, I don't know, because from what I understand, like that wasn't, you know, that wasn't you after, you know, having a bunch of classic Who under your belt. I just wanted to see, uh, check in on the second time and see what you thought the second time. Was it much better this time? Uh, yeah, I mean, think? it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it really, <laughs> it really is. It's, it's ridiculously good. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, and I think, I think I've seen now enough of him that I, I'm going to say, like, Peter Davison is still my favorite classic doctor, but and, and Troughton is my second. Um, but I think the Troughton era is my favorite era of classic Who. Yes. It's just so good. Yes. And this is like the ultimate culmination of that era. Just yeah. phenomenal bad guys in this. Just some yeah. of the best bad guys I think I've ever seen in classic Who. Like there's a there's a freaking like Indiana Jones esque villain. Yes. In this, yes. With a scar down his eye and yes. like Oh my god! Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's per- it's perfect. It's genius. And the mysterious this. war chief and what's going on with him. I don't want to. In case you're watching along at home, I don't want to spoil what's going on with him. But um, that scene. I know we're going to talk about it later, but that scene is one of the most chilling sequences when the doctor and the war chief make eye contact. I think I've ever seen in Doctor Who history. Just, oh man, it's good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. This. This is. This is phenomenal. I, mean, I think. Phenomenal. I think. And and we've only watched. You know, we're only talking about episodes one through five. Yeah. And it just like the crazy thing is it gets better. Like this isn't even the best of the war games. Like I think the first episode is ridiculously strong, but like it just it just gets. <laughs> but, but episode ten is retarded. Episode so, nine and ten are both retarded. Yeah. Leading yeah. to like you know. Well, I mean, we're going to discuss cliffhangers, but the epi- the end of episode nine, to me, is one of the five greatest cliffhangers in Doctor Who history. Just, whew, just, I, damn, 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 mm. damn. Anyways, that's that's the background. That's a little pre-talk. We're going to talk about it very briefly because, it, it, like Genesis, it's a lot of not quiet stuff you can really just poke fun at, but... um. I think we're going to discuss a lot of why this story is so good because it is analyzable from a from a story structure standpoint. Just mm-hmm. as why this is so good, um, so that's that's what I have for now. Uh, more talk uh, when we when we come back next week. Yeah, um, but before we get started with our uh, discussion of episodes one through five of the War Games, uh, this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, and this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month. Captain America, Winter Soldier, Ultimate Collection by Ed Brubaker, Steve Epting, Mike Perkins, and Michael Lark. And this book is available for only $15.49 or 38% off the suggested retail price of $24.99. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. And that's the last time you'll hear me talk about that book. <laughs> so um, just, just, just under the wire because it is July 31st. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it is. Um, but anyway, uh, so let's let's uh, let's let's talk about it. I got to be honest, no notes for this because I was enraptured. That's fair. That's fair. I took I took notes of just you know beat by beat what happens, but I mean there's not, <laughs> not much that you can really take notes on beyond that because it's because yeah. it's so solid. And uh, so we get we get uh, right into the War Games episode one, and uh, our heroes literally step in it. 
Yes. Which I... Wow. I didn't even think of that. That's actually really good. I... Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they must, like, that's... <laughs> wow. That's really good. Because they do, like, they, they literally step out of the TARDIS and they're all of a sudden just... Wow. And the worst... The, I didn't even... Ah, that's even, that's even better because they don't even realize it because the first thing they do is start laughing about it when, you know... Nine episodes from now, they're not going to be laughing very hard. Um, yeah, it's that it's a good touch, and like you can tell that early on, like despite the fact that they're captured two times in the first four minutes, because uh, I counted, um, <laughs> <laughs> they're like seriously they're captured. Like they meet Lady Jennifer at the ambulance, and then they're captured by Germans, and then the British take the take the uh, take the ambulance, and they're at the trenches four minutes in. And wow. they're captured. Yeah, they're captured by two people. Like they're captured twice before that even happens. It's I don't nuts. even think I um, realize that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, it's tricky because like it, they 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 shoot it in such a way that you think that they're with the British, and then it you know it subverts itself so quickly that you don't even realize it. But I don't know. I've seen enough times that I've noticed. Um, I also love here that they also introduce General Smythe, who's this uh, uh, the the. I don't know. I knew before going into the story that there was this guy who was going to be the war chief and he was going to be uh, someone, quote-unquote, from the Doctor's past. I don't want to spoil yet. Um, but he, uh, I was like, oh, this is the war chief and this is what he's doing. <laughs> I was wrong. Because um, General Smythe, like, he has hypno-glasses. He has ridiculously awesome sideburns. Uh, he has a great video screen um, in his in his, in his, um, in his office. And he acts really weird. Like, and it's... Uh, and he puts the doctor and Zoe and Jamie on trial and he has them executed within the first episode, which is like the rate at which this episode moves is absolutely bonkers. Just completely insane that it moves so quickly, so fast. Like the whole thing does really. Like, yeah. Which these is, first five episodes are a breeze. Yeah. I mean, when you get to the later ones, they kind of slow down like six and seven kind of slow down a little bit, but yeah, like, so much like in the first episode, you already reveal that this is not World War One. That there's some, you know, alien element coming in with some science fiction video screens and these hypno glasses. And it's you know they put the doctor on trial and court martial. It's rigged. Um, it's 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 fast. And then you end with an amazing cliffhanger of Troughton getting shot just by a firing yep. squad. Yeah. Yep. Like. <laughs> and I was thinking, man, like I, I since you thought of the um of the the the, the thing about the, the the cliffhangers moving, like how they each progress and get bigger and bigger and better. Um the fact that this one is the weakest cliffhanger in the whole story, um and it's the first one, but it's still like a total gut shot because you don't expect it, is insane. Just completely absolutely bonkers insane that it happens mm-hmm. here. Um, my my question about this episode is, did the viewers know that they were getting into Patrick Troughton's final story? Um, I think so. Um, it's hard to know because the media back then wasn't what it was now. But I know that um, Sophie Aldred did an interview once where she knew that Pertwee was leaving before Pertwee left. So, I mean, it's it's only safe to assume that this might have been a thing. But at the same time, like, Doctor Who at this point was not well-watched. Like, this is one of the most, like, the lowest viewing figures in Doctor Who history, I think. Like, this, like, the end of Patrick Trotton's run. Like, it was literally just limping towards the finish line at this point, which is insane. So, I don't know if it would have been super big 
famous news or what have you. Um, but nonetheless, it must have been a kind of a gut shot because mm-hmm. you don't expect you don't expect the doctor to get shot at the end of the first episode of his cliff of his uh, regeneration story. That's for sure. Yeah, um, this was season six of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nineteen sixty nine. Okay, so there was um, <clears throat> so Troughton did three and Hartnell did three. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. per- we did what five? Five. five. Yeah, he did five. Okay. Uh-huh. And then Tom Baker did seven, Davison three, Colin Baker two, and then Sylvester McCoy three. So, so like Troughton's right in the middle of where like Troughton's the one who set the precedent for leave after three years, the one that Davison followed, like. During the five doctors, Troughton was like, hey, uh, you should leave before you start getting typecast. So it's all Troughton's fault. Um, so so that's that first episode. It's, again, really strong. Um, better than any part one of a ten-part story should be. Because, <laughs> because, because that's like, they fair. have so, That's fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's insane that, like, you expect the story to slow down, and it really doesn't. Like, especially not in these first five. Like, they're revealing so much so quickly. Like, and then we jump into part two and we meet this red coat guy, like, I, which, like, I didn't even realize until I was watching this time, but we meet this red coat who Jamie kind of befriends, and the red coat's like, I'm from 1750. Um, never mind that we were in 1919 just now. Um, and, and, or 1917. And the red coat's like, I'm walking through this mist, and he's, being all anachronistic and stuff and by the end of the episode we come to realize that he's not wrong like the level of planting and payoff in this is really good especially like also the the big green box that um that uh that um general Smythe is leaving in like because general Smythe will just go missing every so often um uh, he leaves in these big green boxes and we don't find out what the big green boxes are until pretty much episode four like and it's it's crazy that this thing is so well plotted like this that they can just they know when to hit all the beats and that's a Malcolm Hulk thing like I don't know like Silurians is the same way like Silurians is built so specifically in its structure um same with um oh what else did he do he did uh the war games is the one I think of but he also did Silurians and he did uh Invasion of the Dinosaurs so like he's yeah, he just knows he gets it he gets it he gets it he's cool um, we also get <laughs> the really awesome sequence where Trout bursts in and pretends to be the guard, uh, the, not the guard, but like the prison official who's like overseeing. Uh, <laughs> so not convincing. <laughs> no, no. And yet the guy buys it, which like, you know, Trout is a little impish man just yelling at me. I think I'd be a little afraid and intimidated too. <laughs> But I love that, like, he gets called on his papers and he just goes, he just goes, how dare you? And he's like, just, you know, he's like, I should be asking for your papers and stuff. And then when the guy's like, fine, I am asking for your papers. I'm going to call the general right now. And then literally just, wait, 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 what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't do that. You don't, no, 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 no need to do that. Just. And then Zoe hits him over the head with a vase. <laughs> Which is awesome. And then she apologizes for it. It's so British. Just. <laughs> You're right, it is British. Voss. <laughs> a Voss, yeah. A Voss. Right. Um, we also get the burdening, the burgeoning like relationship between Lady Jennifer and Lieutenant Carstairs, which is awesome. Um, I don't know, I just love these two. And Lieutenant Carstairs, man, I, I might 
go so far as to say he is my favorite character in this whole story outside of the TARDIS crew. Just mm-hmm. Captain Britain, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's like. There's a part where in this where he like goes to the he goes to the doctor in the dungeon and he goes and he goes so what what's really going on and the doctor's like well there's this video screen and he's like all right show it to me and I'll believe you I'm like really all he has to do is show it to you and you believe it like that's a that's a real man he just seeing is believing just yeah there you yeah go. Um, well that's and I like that makes a lot more sense rather than like in every other sci-fi thing ever hey this really unbelievable thing's happening. No, it's not. No. no, seriously, I can show you. I don't care. You're lying. Like every other sci-fi thing ever is like that. So, Like Tegan and Ford of Doomsday. I don't believe this is happening. A guy just lifted his face up and showed that he was a robot. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. Just come on. Um, <laughs> and there's also – and I love the relationship between Carstairs and Jennifer. Like I think that it's just – they're both smart, smart characters and they – play off each other really well and I love that they figure out that the court martial in part one was a sham independently of the doctor like they don't even see the doctor until they've realized that it was all fake like I love that about them like it's so ridiculously strong and then like <laughs> the, the guy who wins the award for the most gullible Doctor Who character of all time uh, Captain Ransom who is just <laughs> so willing to believe everything that anyone has to say. Just like, just like the general wants me to go out there. All right, I'll go. Uh, and then he comes back. <laughs> Lieutenant Carstairs is like with the, with the prisoners out of their cell. And <laughs> Ransom's like, well, where are you going with them? And <laughs> Carstairs is like, Carstairs is like, well, the general wanted to see them over in his, over, over at outpost 17. And Ransom goes, are you sure that's real? I just got a call and that was a fake. Carstairs is like, well, I don't know. And then Ransom's like, well, no, Carstairs is like, well, you could always ask the general. And Ransom's like, no, I guess you're right. Just, <laughs> just like, like, really? Like, that's his, that's his move? Um, oh, oh, and then, and then we And then we end on the phenomenal cliffhanger of Romans just running at us. That is, that is, I mean, if you're going to amp up the doctor getting shot, you got to do it with Romans. Yeah, Romans, Romans like out of nowhere, which is, which is crazy. I just, and everyone, everyone should, should take a look at these shots of the Romans and remember them because these exact same shots are going to come back (laughs) later. (laughs) Part two, in part two, we'll have the return of the Roman shots. The exact shots. Just stock footage. Um, so part three, we get time zones, which is cool. Like, I love that their war games are happening in these all these different time zones. And, like, I love the mentality of this, which is, like, it's, it's rare for Doctor Who to show us something. But they show us the Romans, and then they basically tell us, oh, the Romans are in a Roman time zone, and we're in a World War One time zone. Like, they show it to us, and then they explain it to us, which is such a... It, it's so good. It feels so earned when we hear about the, the time zones and stuff, um, especially because we move into the American Civil War zone, which I'll get into just a second. But like, there's also a really phenomenal part where they try to blow up a safe in General Smythe's room because they want to get a map of the time zones. <laughs> and like, I love this scene. First of all, because I didn't notice until this point that Troughton had a hole in his pants. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Like, his knee, the knee of his pants are just ripped. 
Just yeah, for the for the rest of the thing too. For the rest, yeah, of the, yeah, the run. good continuity, good yeah. continuity. Um, <laughs> just he never like looked cosmic. more like a cosmic hobo. Yeah, no, it was just cosmic hobo owning it. Um, <laughs> just a great sequence of tense tensity and like again, uh, I haven't really mentioned it, but David Maloney directs the hell out of this whole story. Like he has such a good sense of pacing and action and great shots and great tension. Like this is one of the most tense scenes in the whole piece. Is you know, the doctor and Jamie in a room trying to blow up a safe while there's an evil bad guy outside who is just waiting for anything strange to happen. Like, it's just, it's it's so good. And it reminds me of something like Breaking Bad, you know? Like, where, where something really bad is going on and you're, like, really tense and you're just, like, shouting at the TV, like, don't go in there! You know, mm-hmm. just, like, when to go. That's all I have to say. Um, to go. <laughs> oh. To go. To go. Oh, to um, go. We also get uh, the introduction of Von Weich, who's the German guy who's awesome because he has a scar on his face. And a monocle. He, <laughs> and a monocle. He, he's German. He has a scar on one side and a monocle on the other. He is a triple threat. <laughs> and the definition. Monocle is, definition yeah. of a triple threat. And the monocle is a, is a mind control monocle, which is also yeah. great. Like, I love it. Quadruple they, threat. Yeah, quad threat. Um quad thread um basically uh, you see this dude you run the opposite direction that's what i'm saying yeah that's what I unless unless you're patrick Trouton's son <laughs> in which case you just don't let him put his monocle in his eye like, <laughs> that was the stupidest moment um so uh so so and i love that because they don't explain what the monocle does like they just use a music cue and they use von weich's voice like that's it and they just explain to you that like without telling you that he's being brainwashed like they never say that these people are being brainwashed again treating people like they're smart um we also meet the war chief who has possibly the best sideburns in doctor who history um just look at those things they're magical and they're ahead of their time they're awesome I want them. Mm-hmm. Um, In sync, much... wanted them. They all got a pair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Timberlake War Chief sideburns. Oh, yep. that's so good. Um, Fact. I, th- I, I, then... I, 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 I'd say they're probably a little more. Actually, I'd say they're a little more Backstreet Boys. You know, AJ. Oh, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. Backdoor <laughs> Boys. I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> Whoa. So... Whoa. Sorry. Dark Whoa, place. Sorry. Dark place. Uh, um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Someone said that to in, in elementary school and he got away with it. In fifth grade. In a presentation, no less. It was weird. Um, wow. To the, in front of the whole class. I don't know how he got away with that. Well, he said backdoor boys and end stinks, so I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. Um, it stinks. <laughs> well, that's oh, the obvious joke. Oh, man. That's... I know. That transports you right back to 1998, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> so, uh, we also get really awesome car stairs, just like one-hit wonder. Just <laughs> shooting he is a crack shot dude like i would have him in my army did you see him like he just he shot all them all them civil war people just shot them all right in the face yeah (laughs) and then he sacrifices himself like instead of getting on the getting on the getting on the ambulance with everyone else like he's just like go i got this and he just like stays behind with his revolver no extra ammo just like i got this and he's like, I'll catch up with you later, um, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh. 
Uh, he's like he's like the coolest in this story. Like he is. This is, I mean, this is like, a scene. This is the scene that gave him the Captain Britain nickname that I give him. Yeah. Because yeah. Well, oh man, oh he's man. He's a he's. I would I would let him. I would let him pat my head. Um, <laughs> Lieutenant Captain Britain. <laughs> Lieutenant Captain Britain Carstairs. Um, uh, and then we get the awesome sequence, which I think I'm cl- uh, YouTubing because uh, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> the uh, uh, I think YouTube uh, hates my YouTube clips, uh, especially for really awesome stories like this one. Uh, so if it still exists, I will be YouTubing and putting it in the comments of this episode. Uh, but um, uh, the awesome cliffhanger of this episode in which uh, one of those green boxes shows up and takes the doctor away. And I only highlight this. I, I want to highlight this especially because um, I don't know if it's in the YouTube I'm showing because I'm showing the episode, the end of episode three. Uh, but in the beginning of part four, I, I only mentioned this because I noticed it this time, but Troughton gives a phenomenal performance in that moment because as soon as he sees the box show up and all these Civil War soldiers basically just stream out of there and Zoe says it's like the TARDIS, like Troughton just kind of slips into this trance where he can't believe what he's seeing and he's almost compelled to enter it despite himself. Like every time that Troughton gets a little bit deeper into the mystery of what exactly is going on with the war chief and, you know, stuff like that. I don't want to spoil. Um, it's just like, it's so masterful and it's such a great choice by Troughton, uh, to, to, to do that. And this cliffhanger again, (laughs) doctor gets shot. Great cliffhanger. Uh, Romans better cliffhanger. Uh, doctor and Zoe get into this, this green box called a side rat. Uh, and it, and it takes off, leaving Jamie and Lady Jennifer behind. Even better, just like phenomenal cliffhanger. Just yeah, so, so good, yeah. so good. And like for for it to only continue like into part four with 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 Troughton, like in this side rat, like he's trying to understand what's going on. And Jane and and Zoe's like, it's like the TARDIS. It's like the TARDIS. It's it feels like a time space machine, and it's bigger on the inside, like the TARDIS. Who would have the technology? And the Doctor's just like, oh, I. I can't imagine. And he just kind of walks away and you're like, you know something, buddy. Like, it's just such a great performance by Troughton. Like he oh, knows yeah. exactly what he's doing here. It's just, it's so brilliant. Um, there's also some great <laughs> Jamie and Lady Jennifer are attacked by the union and taken hostage. And then, and they're in this barn and the Confederacy take over and, and then, um, and, and the Confederacy takes over the barn from the Union people. And then the random black guy takes over. And the black guy, by the way, has the best accent in this whole story. Because <laughs> he's like, a, he's like a guy from Wales who's trying to talk like an American, which is amazing. Like, he's like, you're not fighting the war between the states. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great performance. Um, and you know Jamie and Lady Jennifer get away. Jamie rides a horse, uh, which is awesome. He takes on a guy who's riding a horse with the sword, steals the horse. Just awesome, Jamie. And then you know we also get the stuff in the future base, which I love. I love the design of the future base. Just like you know those glasses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. and all of the uh, all of the uh, refrigerator magnets. <laughs> like that's the thing like i i love the refrigerator magnets and it's not so noticeable in this half of the story but in the second half when trout fooling them by just taking them off whatever they're on oh boy oh boy 
it's pretty great, man. It's pretty like, and it's like, it's, it's like, you know, they're trying, they're doing the best with what they can with what they have. But it's like one of those charming things with it. Like, you're like, oh, that's just a piece of PVC pipe, you know, just uh-huh. awesome. Um, we also get the, the doctor <laughs> meeting up with this guy whose name is chief scientist and chief scientist has one of these brain processing things. And it's, it's cool. Cause we now get like information on like the, um, the braininess of it all where, where everyone's like brainwashing uh where we're brainwashing the uh the troops and stuff from into thinking that they're working for these for whoever these war games are run by and the doctor gets spotted by a reprocessed car stairs and instead of saying hey um maybe the machine's working right and the doctor's not supposed to be there they're just like oh lieutenant Carstairs is still crazy which is like, you'd think the chief scientist would be like, oh, I, uh, I'm i the right one and he's not supposed to be here. But Troughton, no, no. Troughton's completely unculpable of all this stuff. And then he, you know, he fixes the machine, he figures out how it works, and then he meets the war chief in what is, to me, one of the scariest things in the story. I think I've also YouTubed this. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I just love Troughton's reaction to seeing the war chief. Because he goes from being, you know, like the jovial Troughton he is to suddenly just scared out of his brain that he's seeing this guy, um, which is, you know, kind of nuts. Um, mm-hmm. And it's 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 an amazing performance by Troughton. Again, Troughton, Troughton is so good in this. Yeah. And so like, good. To realize that he's kind of over it at this point. Like, he wanted to leave and he kind of was just checked out and stuff like it's 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 insane that he it's it's a testament to his quality as an actor that he you know gave it his best go and you know for my money this is the strongest Troughton story um, at least in terms of Troughton um, that he went out on such strong material is awesome to me like he didn't phone it in at the end um, as other doctors kind of have um, and then we get the cliffhanger of. Zoe about to get shot by Lieutenant Carstairs, which, again, awesome cliffhanger, because you see that gun, that gun is about to fire. Uh, Mm -hmm. Great, great stuff. Um, We also... I also... I forgot to mention, but the Confederate general in the barn of this barn that's been taken over by the Resistance... Oh, boy. The general is Von Reich, the German guy, who... Like, they have no idea how to keep an eye on him. Because he just gets free constantly. Just, just, just constantly. Uh, like, just because keep they an eye keep on him. It, it's because they let him put his monocle in. <laughs> You'd think they would realize it, but they don't. Like, it's just... Why they let him get so far, I don't understand. I don't understand. Someone should just kill him already. Like, it's, it makes no sense to keep this guy alive. He is not to be trusted. Uh, we also meet the security chief in part five. Um, security chief is awesome because he's like a prissy, prissy dude. More more noticeable in the second half. Um, but he is like, he is some kind of just, he is wound really, really tight. Like, I don't think I've seen a character in Doctor Who wound this tight ever. Uh, just, he loves... <laughs> He loves questioning people with his really silly giant headpiece, um, which is oh really boy big does he <laughs> really big and really silly. Um, <laughs> and uh, he also does not trust the war chief, and the war chief and the security chief are constantly at odds with each other. And it's 
I don't know, Cassandra, my girlfriend, was, was watching this with me, and she's like, you know what? I think there's some sexual tension going on. Uh, don't disagree. But we'll talk more about that next time. Um, and then really quick, uh, we also get <laughs> the security guards are sent to the barn because Von Reich somehow manages to go to a video control panel, somehow manages to hail the main evil war center, and then somehow, you know, just, you know, calls in a security team and the security team tries to wipe out the barn but uh, you know jamie is like well let's go let's go back in this in this green box the side rat and we'll we'll go visit the doctor and lady jennifer's like well i'm coming with you too and jamie's like no and she's like why because i'm a woman he's like uh <laughs> <laughs> which is yes. so adorable. <laughs> yeah. well he's like i think the exact phrase is something like well, yeah, uh, it's just, you know, Jamie does not get it, man. He is just a misogynist through and through, which is adorable. Um, he comes from and, a different uh, time. He does. He does. He's Back trying this, to be gentlemanly. <laughs> which is so backwards. Um, so we get that. Um, there's also a really sweet thing where Trout meets up with the chief scientist again. <laughs> The chief scientist is like, well, the war chief spotted you. He thought you were the bad guy. And Trotton's like, no, I was chasing after the other bad guy who was Zoe because Zoe got captured. Um, and she's he's like, no, I was chasing after her. Didn't you realize that? And the chief scientist is like, all right, I can buy that. Just, just like, come on. Like, did you not get the point? And then um, and they managed to put uh, the chief scientist on quote unquote simmer, which means they fry his brain, which is adorable. Um, <laughs> that was a cute joke. <laughs> it's a great joke. And then, um, uh, we are left on a cliffhanger of Lieutenant Carstairs, Zoe and the doctor trying to escape. And they, um, witness J- Jamie and a couple of other resistance fighters coming back in. Uh, and then the security guards just like shooting, gunning them down, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal ending. Phenomenal, phenomenal cliffhanger, especially, especially- Jamie. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, no, go on, go on. I was going to say, especially since since uh, Jamie's – and well, both companions are going to be leaving at the end of the story, and you know it. Yeah. So yeah. you're just like, oh, wow, that's that's <laughs> how they got rid of Jamie, huh? Yeah, which is not true. But we'll talk about that next time. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, a... so that's, uh, that's, that's the War Games, um, episodes one through five. And yes. we sort of just – we didn't break it down like we normally do, but um, it's hard to do with these because they're so yeah. good and they're mm-hmm. intricate. Mm-hmm. It's also been a while, so... That too, yeah. <laughs> uh, Next one will be better, I promise. Um, so uh, I guess before we t- start talking about um, Torchwood so, this week... Something else that's a nice slow burn with really great core, like just scope expansion... Yeah. Uh, before we talk about that, I want to remind everybody that we're brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and anything else you can get from your local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off this week. Or, I mean this month with um, the their special 50% off uh, discount for when you get all 52 DC number ones. Um, you get those for seventy nine seventy four. Uh, which is half off the retail price of 159.48. So an awesome deal. Plus uh, regular discounts of 40% off of anything else. Plus if you pre-order your collected edition, you can get 50% off those. 
Uh, ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay five ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. All right, so Torchwood Talk this week with Escape to L.A. Um, mm-hmm. What 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 is what what is wrong with the show? Like, how is it so good? <laughs> There's something I don't I don't get it. I don't like. How is it still this good? Not just still this good, but every episode is better than the one before. It's nuts. This is the best episode of Torchwood I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, possibly. It's I, so good. It's it's ridiculously good. Just. I mean, again, if you're not watching Torchwood, what is your deal? Because it's basically like the War Games, but with Torchwood. Um, just damn. Yeah, because it's even going to be ten episodes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, it, like, the scope just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. And, you know, we learn a little bit more every week, and they're giving us a slow IV drip of information and stuff that they're arising and shutting down, but also shutting arising even bigger. Uh, just, you know, the dead is dead chick. Like, I was like, oh, this is our new subplot. Nope. One off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so good. Like, and, and next week is another Jane Espenson episode. Heck so yes. Heck it's just yes. like, uh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Seriously. They killed off that chick. Well, killed her off in a, she, well, I mean, she's not dead, but she did. Yeah. Cause she, that was grisly when they just showed her eye blinking in that car wreck. Was, oh, yeah, oh, what a yeah. horrible existence. I gotta say, this is the uh, this is the first time that I've ever um, I, I I ever actually started kind of uh, uh, feeling for um, uh, what what's his name's character? Um, Mickey, Mickey Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this is the, yeah, this is the first time that I ever really felt for felt for him because like uh I've been there. I've been there. Yep. 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 So I I I I totally like it was eerie the conversation he was having with his dad. I was just like, "Oh man." Yeah, that oh, came man. from a place of real from uh I think it was scripter Jim Gray or John Gray or something. I don't remember who did the script for this one. Uh, Jim Gray, yeah, Jim, yeah, Jim Gray, Gray and John Shaban. Yeah, or, yeah. That I was real personal, man. Yeah, I was honest, and again, like they're managing to juggle giant conspiracy, great Torchwood interplay, but also the interplay of these families that are going through, like the, um, like the beginning where where what's her name Esther goes out and meets with her sister, who is not so, and I was yeah. like. Oh, don't don't do that. You're an idiot. And then at the end, like that literally came back and bit them in the ass. Like literally came back around and we got what was a great heroic moment from Mickey Pfeiffer when he, you know, that oh, was... that's like completely downplayed, which I love. <laughs> the guy like I love that that on this show, he keeps trying to have the big American heroic moment and every time he does it, like it's just like why did you do that, man? Yeah. <laughs> Like why did are you an idiot? <laughs> oh, I love that. He's just like you guys don't care again. Like I'm, I, I just I love that. But I I love the fact that we're now strongly hinting and and they're they're you know he's basically figuring out that once this thing 
whatever this is, whatever Miracle Day is, once they solve this and fix it, he's not going to be alive anymore. Yeah, which is crazy. I had never even considered that. I was like, oh, he's going he's gonna to heal up. Uh, he's not healing. No, because he's dead. Yeah. I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't ever think of it that way. And that's, that's what they've been saying this whole time is like uh, it's, it's, not, it's not that they're, they're not dead. It's that they just like can't stop being alive. Right. And we, 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 which is what they keep saying. So like dead people don't heal. So they're not yeah. healing. Yeah, and oof. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. If they keep going, because granted, we only met him four episodes ago, and like you and I both really didn't like him four episodes ago. But yeah. I'm kind of enjoying him to the point where, like, when I realized that he was going to die, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be sad, mm-hmm. uh, really sad when he dies." And like you know, four episodes ago, I never would have said that. I would have been like, "I don't give two craps about you." But now I'm just. The character work on this is insanely good. Uh, yeah. And I'm just – I'm enraptured. And uh, somehow we managed to make it five minutes into discuss, discuss, this discussion without mentioning Bill Pullman. But holy crap, Bill Pullman. Oh, my God, holy Bill crap. Pullman. Holy crap. Oh, my God. When he walked into that hospital, I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. And then he gives that speech and I was like, you're lucky you give speeches so good because I really want to hate you right now. But I kind of can't because – Oh. It's it's uh <laughs> I can't I can't even process like and he's just he's angry like this guy is a dick in every sense of the word he is a dick like he's like I'm not in the spotlight I'm pissed off I'm not you know people aren't loving me I'm pissed off I'm not on TV I'm pissed off I hate people like that I hate people like that and uh-huh. he is on top of that he is a terrifying pedophile and I'm still kind of like. He's really a terrifying bad. pedophile that's <laughs> hugging a baby Ugh. on Ugh. national television, worldwide television. And people are eating it up. Yeah. And I'm kind of eating it up too, like, which is insane. Bill it Pullman is, is ridiculous. He's he, so good in this. Yes. And then pairing him with Lauren Ambrose. And like, you know, if you would ask me like three weeks, not three weeks ago, because the show was on back then, but, um, you know, just a couple months ago, like if you could see a, a team up between one older gentleman and one younger woman, who would it be? Bill Pullman and Lauren Ambrose never would have crossed my mind. Now I want them on a spinoff show that's just showing me the trials and tribulations of trying to get Bill Pullman on TV because Julie Kissinger is insane. She is nuts. And I don't know where it's going. I don't know where she's going, but I don't feel good because that first scene where he's in the hotel room and she comes in and she starts dropping science on him. I was like, this is a side of you, Jilly that I haven't seen in a lot. I don't have, think I've ever seen. And you are making me scared. Uh, whew. yeah. Jilly, Jilly would be a great master's companion. Oh, great master's companion. Hell, she, yeah, no companion. She'd make a great, I thought she would make a good master, but, um, I don't think she'd be a good, great master. Um, but great companion for the master. Yeah. Oh God. Damn it, is this good? And like, <laughs> I keep, I keep like, it's weird because I, every time I get it, like, it kind of sits on, it sits around for a while while I get around to watching it. And I'm just like, oh, I'll get to it because I have to watch it for the, for the show. But every time I watch it, I'm like, damn, why don't I watch this sooner? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> this is, this is, this is one of the best shows on television 
without qualifications. Um, just, I'm loving the hell out of this in every sense of the word. Yeah. This season of the show would be the only qualification. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because again, the, the scope, like we're talking about with war games, like the scope is building slowly. Like this is very clearly second act. Like we're in LA, we're in a new locale. This is, this is, we're advancing the plot. Um, because, you know, after last week, we are getting into the second act. Like, you know, there was a great thing where they're like, who's in charge of FICorp? Like, who's who's the parent company of FICorp? And that's going to be the driving issue for the next couple episodes. Watch them totally subvert that and reveal it next episode. And then say, oh, but there's someone bigger. Um, well, I bet it'll be the end of, of Act 2 will yeah. be that reveal. I don't know, man. I'm wondering if it's aliens. And I don't know if I... I don't know, I kind of like it not being aliens, but that's just because we haven't seen aliens through all of this. Like, it's so grounded. What if, what if, what if this was like, uh, like, like some crazy, I mean, we're here, we are talking about the war games. Like, what if this is some crazy sequel to the war games? I would probably just, you know, I would stop watching both (laughs) Doctor Who and Torchwood and all of television because I would be satisfied. At that point, <laughs> at that point, Russell T. Davies has won, um, and he did it by not doing Doctor Who, which is insane. It's just like it's just it's 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 just like the these like you know higher beings just like I wonder what would happen if we did this. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's and that's what the end of this is like. Uh. And the best part, Torchwood is behind them, way behind them, and they're just trying to catch up, and we're just trying, it's, I'm, God, I can't stop thinking about this this show right now. It is, yeah. it is so much better than anything I could have hoped for, which is the thing. The thing that's really great, too, is that it's not trying to be science fiction. Like, no. it is science fiction, but only in the vaguest sense of the term. Like, yeah, basic premise, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Everything else, it's like Mission Impossible. Yes. Plague Ship Hospital. But even that's not a sci-fi concept. Plague Ship Hospital? Damn. Yeah. Damn. That was hard to watch. Yeah. Oh, I'm... I don't know, man. I'm... 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 I'm speechless. Beyond that, I'm speechless. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. I can't wait for Friday. Me neither. And to think, and to think that John Barrowman is in this, and we haven't talked about him at all, and he's doing great. Yeah, it's it is telling that we're not talking about Captain Jack. We're talking about Mackie Pfeiffer and how good he is, and Esther and how good she is in this because yeah. she is awesome too. When she started to lose it in the middle of the mission, I was like, writing standpoint, brilliant. You just did yeah. something with great consequences. Just but uh, let's 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 go ahead and talk about about <laughs> about Heave Miles and John Barrowman playing Americans. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good scene. I loved that. And then at the end, I was like, I was like, oh, this is disgusting. You know, just in the way that your friends disgust you. And then at the end, they're both like, let's never do that again. Yes, let's never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great. Oh my god. I I'm I'm sorry if you're not watching this because um you're missing out. You're just yeah. you're missing that out. That being said, that being said, man, this is gonna play good on, on Blu-ray. <sighs> oh. Ooh. Ooh. You won't I'm be able to you won't be able to stop watching it. 
No, you won't be able to. Not because it's not because it's like it leaves like you know like you watch something like I guess True Blood. I don't know. I haven't seen True Blood, but True Blood apparently leaves you on a crazy cliffhanger every week and you can't stop watching. This isn't even doing cliffhangers. Like it's not, not really. Yeah. No, I mean they kind of did one this time, but like I don't even I don't even really consider it a cliffhanger so much as a great sort of twist that you weren't seeing coming. Um, and how they're do how they're make like it's telling that they're doing incredibly compelling, powerful, fascinating, great storytelling without resorting to the cheap surprise is a testament to how good this show is right now. It's because mm-hmm. you know the war games leaves you on a great cliffhanger, and you know that also is doing what this is doing, but this isn't even doing that. They could easily be doing a great cliffhanger at the end of every story, but they're not. They're just saying, "Don't you want more?" And I'm like, "Why did you end the episode?" Just show me the next six, please. Yes. Ugh. Yes. A thousand times yes, please. I, I, if you're not listening by this point and you've listened to the show this far, why are you not watching it? Unless you're saving it for DVD. Just go watch it, please, because you're missing out on the what is right now the best science fiction show on television until uh, Doctor Who comes back. Mm-hmm. And far and away the best science fiction television show on television because we're going to, we're, we, I, I, there's going to be a time where we are going to have uh Torchwood and Dr. Who running simultaneously. Do- Torchwood, Dr. Who and Breaking Bad Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh my God. <laughs> I think it only happens for like three weeks, but like that is the three weeks where I'm literally going to be sore on Monday. Just like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to walk because it's going to be so good. Just, oh. I'm, this this is the best. This is the yeah. best, and I yeah. I couldn't ask for more. I can't ask for more because they're giving nope. me everything I could want, and nope. it's God, Mickey Pfeiffer. I yeah. never thought I would say that, Mickey Pfeiffer, but damn, Mickey Pfeiffer. Yeah. Whew. But uh, anyway, but we we will be getting more next week, and also next week uh, we'll finish up the war games. Uh, yes. So look out for that. Also, uh, just for another reminder. Uh, Matt and I will both be at Chicago Comic Con August 11th through the 14th, so uh, check that out for sure. Yes. Um, yes. Also, uh, we've got a new audio blog up, or we should have by now or shortly after this gets posts posted. Um, Cowboys and Aliens, we have a review of that up uh, on the site, and then also Movie Night this this week uh, will be the Matrix, the Prestige, and Stardust three days in a row because bam, bam, bam. That's how that works. Should be out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yes. All right, guys. Um, that's that. That's that's about it. Uh, you can you can um, uh, go to the website geekshowentertainment.com and and leave comments and and whatnot. And then uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com/slash scottcarelli. Also, alternate Twitter account twitter.com/slash scottcommentary. Uh, Matt. Uh, Twitter.com, go and get in. Twitter.com, GD commentary, as in go and get in commentary. Join us for Sunday Trek. Super fun. Uh, and uh, I'm doing a writing contest. If you're interested, 10 and 10. It's it's called 10 and 10. It's on the website. Go check out the rules. Follow us on hashtag 10IN10. Um, it's 10 and 10. Uh, also, check out my blog, classicalgallifreyblogspot.com. I review classic stories. Last week, Ice Wars. This week, this week Meatloss. Great discussion, I'm sure, because Meatloss is a very... Uh, interesting story. More than that, I don't want to say. So, that's me. Alright, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye, guys.